0: You play pickleball, you take care of yourself, Health IQ thinks you should be rewarded. They built their business on saving money for people who live an active lifestyle. Go to healthiq.com pickleball and find out how much they can save you. That's healthiq.com pickleball. See how much Health IQ can save you. You're listening to Pickleball Radio. I am your host, Chris Allen, joining you from Asheville, North Carolina, up in uh, right over. You kind of go to Cincinnati, and then you scoot over a little bit. The ultimate ambassador for Pickleball. You know him, you love him, the one and only Rocket Grubs. Hey, Rocket. Hey, Chris. (laughs) What's the exact uh, town? I read it all the time in your newsletter, and now when I have to actually say it, I can't remember it. The little
1: tiny country town of Brookville, Indiana. That's it. It was right on the tip of my
0: tongue. Uh, and how are things up in Brookville these days?
1: Old and frigid. <laughs> <laughs> A lot
0: of indoor pickleball going <laughs> <laughs> on. Indoor is great. Love indoor pickleball because when you wake up in the morning, you absolutely know that you're going to play. There's none of this looking out at the sky and, and texting people, hey, how does it look over in your area? You know, and uh, you just, you know you're going to play. So that's awesome. Somebody who probably doesn't have that problem because she's in Arizona where it's always beautiful and it's always 72 degrees. Laura Fenton-Covanda, whether you go to... TOC, you go to Nationals, you can always see her on the metal stands. She's one of pickleball's best players. Hey, Laura.
2: Hi, Chris. Hi, Rocket. How are you? Yeah, no complaints out here on our weather. In fact, we're uh, we're having a heat wave of anywhere from 81 to 84 this week, and it is I'm so sorry to say, Rodney, it is spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> I have no complaints being in Arizona at this time of the year.
0: Rocket, your newsletter is just always so informative. Everybody should be on your email list. Go to pickleballrocks.com and get on there. But you put one out last week that brought people up to speed on the new rules changes. Thought you did a great job explaining it. Wanted you to go ahead and, and kind of maybe flesh it out some, explain it to us a little more and look forward to hearing from you on that. Laura, you've got World Team Pickleball. You had your first event in December and uh, mm-hmm. the the feedback on that was great. Uh, people had a great time. I uh, saw a lot of comments mm-hmm. online. So I want to find out more from you as to what the next step is for World Team Pickleball. And we will do that, plus get some uh, playing tips for the 3-5-4-0 player that wants to take their game to the next level. We'll do all that when we come back. This is Pickleball Radio. The U.S. Open Pro Division awards 48 medals. This year 21 of those went to pros using an Engage paddle. To really get what makes Engage the best you need to walk onto the court with one. Go to EngagePB.com and try any paddle risk-free for 30 days. You're guaranteed to play with more power and more control than you've ever experienced before. Or simply return it for a full refund. Engage will even cover the shipping. Play better, have more fun and take your place on the medal stand. Go to EngagePB.com. This is Pickleball Radio. Let's talk about some rules changes that are coming down in Rocket. Uh, What are the big rules changes here for 2018? Why did they feel the need to make those changes? And then how does it affect us?
1: Well, Chris, they did a number of changes or additions to the rulebook for this year. And it seemed like the vast majority of them, of course, the rulebook, you have to understand the rulebook is written for tournament play. Okay, And the vast majority of the changes and additions in there are all about timing issues. You've got so long to now do this. You now have to be ready when the referee calls the score, and I'll, I'll touch base on that here in a little bit. But it seems like there's a whole lot of things added in there for timing issues, and I think they did that. A matter of fact, I'm sure I know why they did that, because out there on the tournament trail right now, Tournaments are getting so large, they're growing at such an exponential rate, and they're getting so big mm-hmm. that literally you have to all of a sudden start paying very close attention to how efficiently you can run a match.
0: What's the first one or maybe the biggest one that jumps out at you?
1: One of them that jumped out was in what I'll call is probably the, the best expansion of a rule. It didn't really change the rule, but they expanded on the rule, and that's the timeout rule. Okay, I think a lot of people, when they they go into a timeout, they call a timeout during a match, they don't really understand that when there's 15 seconds to go during a timeout, the referee is supposed to give you a warning. There's 15 seconds. Well, 15 seconds after he gives you that warning, he's supposed to call the score. That means you're supposed to be on the court and ready to go. And so what they've done is they've clarified that. They've actually added that verbiage in there to say at the end of the timeout, the referee will call time in and announce the score, which will then begin the 10-second rule. You've got 10 mm-hmm. seconds to get that ball in play. And if all players are not on the court or not ready to play, well, that's, that's too bad. If the server doesn't serve within 10 seconds after the score is called, you don't have an additional timeout to call, and it's a fault. You just lost a point or it's a side out. Gotcha. I think that one was to more clarify to people because people would still kind of meander out there and the referee would call the score and, hey, it's okay, I'll serve when I'm ready. So mm-hmm. it's very important that once once that 15-second warning is given, you grab your partner and be back out there and ready to go.
2: I think this is excellent that they are emphasizing these more and making clear these rules. I think where some of the issues still you know, occur, which is becoming better too, is – Every tournament, you have different referees, some that are volunteer referees from the local areas. Some matches, you will get a certified referee. Some matches, you don't. Some matches, you don't have referees at all. But I think that is becoming better and better because of the certification program. And I am finding that there are more people becoming certified referees mm-hmm. um, because sometimes the local referees, and bless all their hearts. I am one huge proponent of volunteers. I mean, without... Without volunteers, you don't have tournaments. But with people refereeing, sometimes the referees really don't even know all the rules themselves. And some referees talk very slowly. Sometimes it does affect the pace of the match, the flow of the match. I agree with you, Rodney, is that people call that timeout, and it becomes sometimes two or three minutes. And I know I get frustrated, too. Like, we're sitting here waiting, yet the referee's not calling the score. So that I I agree with,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add on to that, just to, I'll pile on a little bit more. That's the value of having a sanctioned tournament, or if you're going to be unsanctioned, still having referees on all the courts. Because when you let people self-officiate their matches, you know you've got three-minute timeouts going on. You know it's taking them five minutes between games because they go off and talk to their friends for a while, grab a drink, then eventually get back on the court and start their second game. Those matches go on ridiculously forever. You know, and so and tournaments wonder why their tournaments run off the rails as far as timing goes. And If you don't have a referee out there with that stopwatch or at least that internal stopwatch in their head, keeping track and moving things along along with the pertinent rules, yeah, you're going to have matches and you're going to have tournaments that run longer than they should. The other one, as far as timing goes right now, that's really important for people to know is rule. It's a new one. It's 5B6, and that is you now only have it. They put it right in the rules. You've got 60 seconds when you switch sides during a game. So if you're in that game, to 15, or anytime you're going to switch sides during a, a game, you can go still get the drink if you want on your way around to the other end. But when 45 seconds is up, the referee's going to be giving you the 15-second warning, and you better be on the court ready to go.
0: Keep going. Let's, let's go down the list here. What's the next one?
1: <laughs> well, this isn't so much timing, but Laura just kind of hit on here as, as she was talking I think one of the toughest rules for people, one of the toughest new rules that people are going to have a little bit of trouble adjusting to, they shouldn't, but they will just because they're so used to being able to ask the referee, am I in the correct position? You are no longer as a server or a receiver allowed to ask the referee if you're in the correct position. You can still ask if you're the correct server, right? Okay, but neither the server nor the receiver. Can ask, "Am I in the correct position?" And that's because if you are the server and the referee calls the score, you are responsible for knowing based on what that score is. If you look down and look and see which one of your your par- you or your partner has the, the first server wristband on, you should know mm-hmm. whether you're in the correct position once you hear that score. Right. Same thing as the receiver on the other side. The receivers are allowed to ask for the score if they want, mm-hmm. but if you hear the score. You should be able to within you know, milliseconds figure out whether you're
0: in the right position or not. Mm-hmm. I'm totally for that because again, it slows the game down. Uh, some people just they ask on every point. We have got these players that are so obsessed with stacking. You know, they oh we got to stack, we got to stack. And but it's like, well, okay, you want to stack so bad, but you can't keep up with where you're supposed to be. And then and that mm-hmm. it, that slows the game down too. It's like if you want to stack so bad, then keep track of where you're supposed to be. Don't keep. Asking Asking, you know, asking the ref over and over and over again to put you in, you know, it's like like kids at a a little grade school play. You know, where do I stand? Where should I stand? Where should I be? Enough already. If you, you know, if you think stacking gives you this great advantage, then deal with it. Learn how to figure out where you need to be. So there. (laughs) I'm going to
2: add into that. I will probably get a lot of rebuttal on this comment I'm about to make. But I have never been a huge proponent of stacking to begin with or or having stacking allowed because to me if you're going to be a team that means you both should be the best players who have both have forehands both have backhands can play both sides personally I've never liked the fact that people could stack to begin with I love the fact that they're changing this rule, at least.
0: Yeah, you were singing my song, Laura, because, I mean, people ask me like in in rec play, they're like, ooh, you want to stack? And I always say, no, I'd rather just get better. You know what I mean? (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I don't want to, you know, protect my weakness. I'd rather eliminate my weakness. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, Chris, I'm with you on that same thing is I have that all the time. We we work with some women that have been moved up to five O's and some are left-handed. And the same thing, they always want to stack. And I said, Well, why don't we not stack and, and work on your backhand? You know, learning to play both sides of the court. So I, I with you.
0: Yeah, and to me it's like in baseball, you know, what is it? The American League has the designated hitter rule and the National League doesn't, <laughs> yeah. or is it the other way around?
2: One or the other and where the pitcher has to has to bat and the other league they don't.
0: If you're on the field, you should have to hit there's none of this like oh i'm just pitching and then when it comes time for me to hit uh, i'm going to get this guy to fill in for me no way. That, that you know, I mean, yes, it, it violates the spirit of the game. If you're on the field, you should have to stand up at the plate as well. And I feel like with the stacking thing, it's sort of, you know, yeah, you know, it's not, it, technically it doesn't violate the letter of the rule, but I just feel like it kind of violates the spirit of the game where you're switching sides and you're, you know, you're playing as a team, like you said, Laura.
2: Yeah, I'm very much in favor of that, Chris. That one, I'll give you a check mark vibe. <laughs> but... I, I at least I agree. I couldn't agree more. Just to speed up the game, because I know even as as five and it doesn't matter if you're a five oh, four oh, three oh three five three hundred, three five, whatever. We all get confused after a long rally, and, and sometimes the lot goes over your head, and you have to switch sides. And sometimes you don't think about it. And I have lost numerous points when our team is stacked. So it, it's something that it is confusing, and you have to get better at what's your score, what's your score every point, but. Personally, I think it's a great rule. Definitely, speed the
0: game up. Rocket, where do you come down on all this stuff? I haven't let you get a word in, edgewise Here.
1: <laughs> well, hey, way to pin me in a corner. Okay, yeah, I'm.
0: <laughs> and we'll hear what Rocket's answer is right after this. It's pickleball radio. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and pickleball players. In fact, over half of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance. Just as good drivers save money on their car insurance, people who live an active lifestyle should save money on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com pickleball and see if you qualify. That's healthiq.com pickleball. You'll find a link in the show notes, healthiq.com pickleball. See how much Health IQ can save you pickleball radio the official podcast of pickleballnews.com here with rocket grubs in indiana pickleballrocks.com laura fenton World team worldteampickleball.com got the cliffhanger here rocket laura and i are not fans of stacking at all do you agree with us
1: no i i actually do i come i come down on the side with, with both of you guys on that too i love not stacking and I, again, have a lot of partners out there. I have a p- different partner almost every weekend because I travel so much, so it's rare that I have the same partner. And, and when I run into somebody who wants a stack, I always ask them, can we please try it straight up first? Let's see if we just can't figure out how to make this work uh, the other way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the same side with, with both of you, with you guys on mm-hmm. this. You know, and I'll just throw this out. For the, for the hundreds of thousands of rec players out there listening to this show, in the rule book it says, your first server, whoever starts at the beginning of that game or that match, should have a wristband on or an ankle band on or some identifier that shows you that that person was on that side when they started the game. Mm-hmm. So from now on, when the score is called, it's very easy then to tell based on what the score is whether you're on the correct side or not. So I say that to the rec players to say, when you're out there playing rec, make sure before you start a game, identify your, your first server with something, you know. A colored shoelace, a certain T-shirt, so you remember because in rec play you get, again, like Laura said, you get into a long rally and you switch sides a couple of times during that, and pretty soon everybody forgets where they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I believe even in rec play.
0: Yeah, and first server should have to wear a pickleball rocks shirt as the identifier. What do you think of that, right <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing wrong with that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, you'd love to get that rule through there. (laughs) This is so much fun. We need to go ahead and continue this. I want to get more of these rules and find out more of what you guys think about them. Let's go ahead and wrap this up for this week. But if you both would be so kind as to join me next week, we can continue on. Rocket, would that be okay with you? Count on me, Chris. (laughs) Always can.
2: What about you, Laura? Oh, I'm always more than happy to. Thanks so much for bringing us on
0: here. We'll continue this next week. Then we'll get more updates on the new rules changes for 2018 and what they mean for you until then head over to pickleballnews.com make sure you are on our email list that's pickleballnews.com also if you get a chance head over to itunes and leave us one of those five-star reviews if you feel it's appropriate that makes it very easy for other pickleball players around the world to find this show i'm chris allen this is pickleball radio